right. Okay. Right. Hi, my name is Jill and I am a marketing student at the Edwards School of Business researching marketing. Hello, and my name is Anastasia, and I'm a biology graduate student in the Department of Biology. And currently, I'm doing a research about social relationships in feral horses. Right. Today on the Intro to University Teaching podcast, we're talking about sequence and scaffold. So we've covered this content in week four of our GPS 989 introduction to university teaching, where, where we learned how students learn, how to plan for teaching, and how to design short lessons using the BOPS model. So that's B-O-P-P-P-S, or uh, in other words, there's the bridge in outcomes, pre-assessment, participatory learning, post-assessment, and summary. So the purpose of this podcast is for us to share what we used to think and what we now think or do regarding teaching. Okay, and now Jill will explain some main concepts of this topic. All right, so with sequence and scaffolding, this is all about kind of distinguishing between what's the essential to know, um, what's nice to know, and kind of what's not necessary so you kind of take that outcome that you've learned and you basically kind of divide it into chunks um, for your students so it's kind of all about frameworking the actual lesson it's kind of the big um, um, kind of a back mindset in terms of how you want to structure that outcome and um, one of the main concepts uh, from this topic is the zone of proximal development so this was developed by the psychologist um, Vygotsky, which um, Anastasia is going to mention um, a little bit later here. But um, that zone of proximal development is kind of the difference between what a student can do independently and what they can do with focused assistance. So um, the way he kind of explained it is that sweet spot where the instruction is most beneficial. So um, you kind of like to think of it in terms of stairs. So there's the stairs that students are quite mastered in, they know that aspect very well. And then there's the stairs above them that they don't really have that much um, expertise and they don't really um, know it that well and something that they can't really do on their own. And the whole idea is that there's a between and that's where that zone of proximal development is and that's that sweet spot. And that's where the instruction is uh, most beneficial. Um, so it's that development where once the students have mastered the one step, they're ready to go on the next step and so on. So that's that sweet spot. And for us teachers, it's our job to kind of guide the students from one step onto the other. And that whole idea is called scaffolding. So that scaffolding aspect is the student's interaction with others. So whether it's a student, teacher, parent, um, it's us kind of instructionally supporting the interactions that guide learning. Now, as teachers, we can use that by modeling behavior, um, either guiding uh, the students through the steps, simplifying problems, um, keeping their attention on the tasks, whether they're um, whether we are kind of doing our own um, kind of guiding them through the learning and whatnot. 
So it's kind of like for us, it, the students are developing their own stairway and the scaffolding is us kind of helping them through it. So the whole point about this entire aspect is that, you know, you're having the teacher's instructions plus the scaffolding and the group interactions, it's really going to get the students to get the most out of their learning. And they're really going to utilize that zone of proximal development the best. Um, Anastasia, I don't know if you have any other things about the zone of proximal development that you want to talk about at all or. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to highlight some other key researchers in this area. So can I continue? Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the interesting theories that are applied to the education and uh, sequences in particular is Watson behaviorism. So this theory is states that the behavior of individuals is likely to reoccur based on the consequences that follow the action, the action of the students. So it will be either reward of, or punishment. Of course, as teacher, we are encouraged to use more rewards than punishment. So in sequencing, this will apply mostly for the assessment of students from what they know after the teacher teach them. So here we as teacher as teachers encourage the desired behavior of the student uh, and believe that in future this behavior will reoccur. So this desired behavior could be a correct answer to the question or any a successfully outcome of the lesson. Uh, not only the outcome, but uh, each chunk of the subcategories that we were dividing our big outcomes in. So this would, this should be immediately encouraged. And as Jill mentioned about Levy-Bosk and his theory about a zone of proximal development, I just wanted to highlight once more that there is a teacher who facilitates and uh, the learning. And first of all, we have to identify the level of students' knowledge. So then we can adjust the lesson in order to keep the students in zone of proximal development. So as Jill mentioned, in other words, it will be something that uh, student would do, but with the help of the teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so in the participatory learning, students uh, should dynamically and actively participate, making it his own meaning and referring to the previous knowledge and experience. And of course, this all should be with the communication as Jill already told. And finally, Jack Mezirov, who developed a transformative learning theory. Similarly to what I just said about the zone of proximal development, his um, theory is about reinterpretation of previous learn learning experience and knowledge for future action, as he described his theory. So Jack Mezirov recognized two types of learning through communication and uh, this could be communication of your values, ideas, and so on. And the uh, second type is instrumental learning through problem solving. 
these two types of knowledge for sure should apply, uh, should be taken into account while sequences, sequencing the teaching sessions. And now we just want to talk a little bit about the uh, learning activities that we participated during the class. So, Jill, could you uh, tell us a little bit about what was the task on sequencing that we had? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will. Yeah, thanks. Um, before we kind of get into that, I wanted to mention a little bit more of just the concepts that we learned um, in terms of the specifics that kind of led to the um, to the group activity. And that's kind of what we were kind of working on is just how to create lessons that really optimize that zone of proximal development. And one of the ways that we learned is to kind of really chunk the steps of the outcome. So um, that strategy is basically, um, it's not many items. So what you basically do is you just take the outcome and you kind of divide it into sections in terms of how, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna get the student to a point where they recognize the, the information that they already know um, and then they take this new information that they're learning and then how do they get it into a, a zone of um, automacy and you kind of do that in terms of chunks so like we said you kind of take that um, it's not many items it doesn't rely on learning multiple new steps it just builds onto the stuff that the students already know um, so it's really just taking the concept and just kind of like bringing it down one step at a time um, and whatnot. So the whole aspect with chunk with chunks is kind of understanding, you know, the different strategies that are needed in terms of um, in terms of how to build like a good chunk. So um, Aditi kind of mentioned some good aspects in terms of things to think of in, in terms of that chunking aspect. Um, and a lot of it has to make sure that, you know, in the end, you really are kind of understanding where the students are at um, before you kind of work on that on that structure. Um, that whole pre-assessment aspect is really important. You want to kind of do a backwards planning where you want to know what do students already know in the disciplines? How do they know it? What are the individual steps that they do to kind of recognize that information that they have with automacy? Um, and kind of where do you see the students stumble? So really that whole aspect is finding out where they're at first and then kind of developing the steps from that way. Um, and then Aditi also gave some other good kind of strategies in terms of developing sequencing. So she kind of talked about listening versus learning, um, you know, trying to get your students in as engaged as possible is really an important, um, important thing to do in terms of those chunking steps. So making sure that when you are building those chunks that, you know, you do recognize that the students are kind of getting engaged. And also another important aspect is just working memory versus cognitive overload. Um, she kind of mentioned that you kind of want to do a little bit of a sweet spot in terms of how much information students are taking. You don't want to give them too much. I hear, I have here seven plus or minus two. So kind of like that's the amount of like almost bullet points that like students can really resemble with. Um, so really just kind of making those sequences really simple for them um, and really kind of setting up the sequencing where students can kind of be, be able to have a repetitive or a way to kind of practice those steps repetitively, um, maybe kind of doing cooperative learning, um, you know, support the essentialization of the actual outcome, making sure that the steps are still focused on 
the outcome at hand and kind of reducing the stakes, making sure that the students aren't like that, you know, not thinking that it's that too serious, I guess. Um, and then increasing the relevance, making sure that students are aware that um, the student or that the chunks that you're making or that the, the lesson at hand is um, really in line with um, the outcomes that are involved. So that's kind of what we were practicing in terms of what the um, the activities that we were doing in class from this um, lesson. So what we ended up doing was a mural exercise where we kind of were divided into two groups. So there was a group in terms of um, people that were discussing how to change a diaper and then people that were discussing how to make a cake. And we looked at three different groups. So we looked at, I know I was in the diaper exercise. Um, Anastasia, I think you were in the cake group. And no, I was also in a diaper. Diaper, yeah, you're also in diaper, yeah. So they divided it into three, or we kind of looked at it in terms of three groups. So babysitters, new parents, and then like trained nannies. And so we discussed kind of like, what's the previous knowledge that all three of these group groups would know? where's that zone of proximal development for them and where do you think that ought or what do you what do you think that automacy is going to be um in regards to how to change a diaper and we kind of discussed that um and we found it was very different for for all three groups and then eventually after that we ended up taking a sequencing template and we kind of divided it into different groups of students i was put with two different students and we kind of went through the sequencing template in terms of how to change a diaper. So we created two outcomes on how to change a diaper, like what the student should learn or what they should know at the end of the course. And then we kind of took each outcome and divided it into three separate um, sequencing tasks uh, for them uh, to do that. Um, so that's kind of how we learned about sequencing. Um, Anastasia, I don't know if, do you have any other, like your experience with um, the activities? Like, do you um, recall anything? That you'd like to talk about regarding regarding that day yeah it was very fun and uh, to be honest i wish i was in the group with uh, cake because it was a uh, kind of uh, topic that i would relate more to because i didn't have any experience in such an activity as diaper changing so for me it was very difficult to assess this previous knowledge that uh, person who is already experienced with that would have. But thankfully, in my group, there was a new father and he was really, really, uh, he knew a lot about this topic. That's why he really helped us a lot. But still, it was hard to identify this level of knowledge and just I adjust the steps that were needed for the learning session of how to change the diaper mm -hmm. and yes the main uh, difficulty for me there in the task of uh, sequencing the one single outcome of successfully changing the diaper was how to assess that it was changed successfully like uh, we were discussing it a lot and the only one Questions that remained open is just how to assess the comfort level of the baby. So it was kind of measurement that we used for successful diaper change. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yes, kind of uh, some challenges with uh, dividing the 
main outcome into the chunks and uh, assigning the small tasks to assess the knowledge of each step mm. how to change the data but yeah it was really really fun yeah yeah it was fun i i we had a new father in our group too and it was like the same thing it was nice that we had someone there that like had the perspective of, of that but yeah the assessment like the post-assessment aspect i i know we kind of like it was the part that we struggled with the most because it was kind of like well, how do you how do you assess like when like it, it kind of seems silly but it was like how do you assess when a diaper is like fully ready i guess if that makes sense <laughs> i don't know oh, yes yes but yeah but um so now i ask you um anastasia in regards to this topic um what did you know about sequencing prior to our class and now kind of looking back um and kind of doing a reflection what do you know now regarding this topic okay so basically, I uh, don't have any teaching experience. And the only thing that I can reflect on in my learning experience from the school and from the university. And of course, I had uh, very different teachers and different professors. And each of them had their own this, uh, teaching methodologies and uh, techniques. But still, for me, the typical lesson was uh, just a teacher or a professor uh, delivering, delivering a lecture and then we're just answering the questions. And now when I'm thinking about how these lectures and these lessons were divided into the chunks in some teachers in some cases i really can see it because we were following this path from the easiest task to the hardest one so we had these uh, chunks in the lesson but uh, i didn't really pay much attention on how we just moved from this easiest part to the hard hardest one and probably it was because the teachers were so talented that uh, these channels were just uh, connected together into the whole outcome of the lesson. Mm -hmm. But now I have a clearer picture of the successful lesson that the student will be happy with. And uh, as we are going to talk about Bob's model, but in sequencing it's uh, already applies because you have to uh, create these chunks of your lesson from the very beginning to the end and now with the knowledge again from this class i can for sure tell that uh, everyone has to start with a clear and interesting bridge that will uh, help to gain attention from the students Mm -hmm. and meaning that they will be curious about the topic and of course this participatory activity this is the most important part in the lesson and in the sequence and in lesson planning because for each lesson we have several outcomes but these outcomes should be divided into subcategories and for each subcategory uh, the 
assessment tools should be applied. So, as I told about Levygotsky and Jake Mizer theories, how do I to apply them here is just to combine these different uh, types of participatory activities. So, when you combine different two types of uh, learning, two types of learning that uh, Mezirov created, not created, that is distinguished. So, from communication to problem solving, and it could be, it should be in the each chunk of each outcome. When you just combine the communication between students, so they are working not alone, but in the groups that uh, help them to share their own experience, knowledge, ideas, and to learn from their peers, and instead of just working on their own. But then it should be combined with uh, real problem solving that where each student is working on his or her own. Mm -hmm. So these are my main insights that I uh, that I had from this class, and now I want to ask Jill about what you used to think about this topic and what are your thoughts about it now. Yeah, you know, I'm almost like in the same boat as you in the beginning, where I just kind of had really no idea <laughs> about the topic. I didn't really. I was almost kind of clueless in the sense, like, I think it was the same thing too, where like when I would be in a lecture room with professors, it just almost seemed like it clicked for them. And like, they just kind of like that it flowed in a sense. Um, but another thing that kind of, one thing I recognized too, was that um, now kind of reflecting back in terms of the, the lectures, the professors, it was almost like it was very um, stagnant for them. And like, one thing I kind of grabbed from this lesson was that, for me, and, you know, Anastasia, you talked about um, the critical reflection um, from the different scholars um, that we've, that you mentioned, you know, looking at our, our teaching critically, the way that we teach might not be the same way that, or the way that we think that our, our lessons are going to come out to students is probably not going to be the exact same way that students are going to take it in. So I think that's why sequencing is really important and now looking back in terms of the professors I do kind of sense that like maybe there was an, an aspect of they kind of just thought that the way that they taught was fine because there was a few classes where I just it, it just wasn't clicking for me it just didn't make sense and yeah you can go and do the the lecture and then go back into the classroom or go and do the test but not that that sweet spot that zone of proximal development really wasn't like amplified because we didn't really do that much engaged learning and there wasn't really that aspect i didn't feel that i was really um kind of getting the scaffolding from the professors like i wanted and now and reading after just reading all that material you know the perusal reading and and, and, the, and the videos that um aditi gave us for this class, I think it's really important to understand that that scaffolding aspect, that making sure that we're helping the students out through the steps really um, is an important aspect of it because that's really how students learn. Um, so for me, it just kind of makes much more sense to me. I really took the whole sequencing aspect um, that really kind of like the chunk, like chunking the steps really, I kind of took the most out of the lesson because like I said, for me, the way I 
speak about things is going to be very different from like how other people take it. Like even for me right now in this podcast, the way I'm speaking to you, I might be conveying a message to you right now that you might be taking in and maybe um, evaluating it differently than how I think it's coming out, if that makes sense. So I think kind of breaking it down and really focusing on the outcome at hand, how, you know, what I want my students to get out of the class, um, I think is really important in that aspect. Um, And as well for me, something that was really like that whole critical reflection aspect, I think was a really important aspect for me too in developing this, because like I said, I feel like for myself, um, you know, I'm so, I like, I, I just feel like I'm so um, narrow-minded in the sense of where my lessons are going. But as long as I'm bringing in that aspect of, okay, how are my students handling the lesson? How are they engaging in this? Are they actually, are they, are they taking the steps with the, with the scaffolding that I'm giving them? I think that's an important aspect too, because, you know, the way that they learn, well, in the end, we, I, I want to make sure that my students are actually, you know, taking the steps and they're, they're mastering the, the outcomes at hand. And the only way that I can do that is through that reflective aspect and thinking, okay, are they doing this? Like, are, are they learning? Um, so I think um, that's, that was a really important aspect that I kind of took back from that. Um, and I think I did have a, a conversation with Aditi about this where I asked, I was like, well, how do you even get evaluations from, from this aspect? And she said, like, you know, just at the end of the class, just, you know, almost do it like a, a participatory thing where it's like, Hey, you know, um, I really need feedback on this, on this lesson. Can you kind of do like a quick survey and this will go to your participation or your participation, yeah, participation marks or something like that. Um, I really grabbed that aspect from it. Um, just the, the making sure that you're sequencing when you're doing, when you're developing the chunks for the sequencing of the lesson that you are aware of the students' um, feedback and, and, and how they feel about the lesson, if that makes sense. It makes and Thank you a lot for your detailed reflection. And I can really relate to these things that you uh, just mentioned about how do we convey the lesson and how different would be the perspectives of students because I I really observed it uh, even during the school and during the university when some of students are listening to the lecture because probably they have some connections to like internal connection to the topic or to the person himself and yes these connections are very very different in different people so i don't know maybe nobody knows who what uh, other people will be think about each of our words during the lesson so this is really important yeah <laughs> and now uh i'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Bob's model and how sequencing applies to it, right? Yes, yeah. So, yeah. So, describe how sequencing connects with the lesson planning and how it contributed to more than one area of Bob's. Okay. So, Bob's uh, basically starts with bridging that uh, has to gain the attention from the students and it should be already, uh, the sequencing here should be already taken into account. And then 
we are going to pre-assessment. Pre-assessment is uh, something that I have never thought about before this class because, you know, when you're going to the lecture, you have no really doubts about uh, why you're going there. You just know that you have to go there. But uh, sometimes other classes during the university and during during the school just uh, overlaid each other so basically we learned the same thing uh, over and over again and nobody really asked us about do we know that so it was just a waste of time now with bob's model i am aware of uh, this necessary step of just pre-assessment of students knowledge so you can adjust your lesson then but Probably it could be also a challenge because you have already uh, developed a lesson plan. So in sequencing, probably we have to create these different passes for students uh, for the lesson itself, just depending on the level of knowledge each student uh, is on and just a little bit about objectives when we are talking about objectives or outcomes for the lesson sequencing and scaffolding will uh, for sure be necessary even there because we already divide our lesson into small chunks and we give the students an understanding of how do they how are they going to uh, get the knowledge from the lesson and in which sequence. And the most important part is just participatory learning. Our own task on uh, dividing the single outcome for the lesson into small subcategories, as it was very helpful in assessing how are we going to uh, create this sequence for bigger outcomes so the most important thing that uh, i discovered there was again this combining of different types of memory and uh, different activities uh, different types of uh, participation of students for different subcategories for example for uh, just a simple lecture when you are talking about the classification of something and then you're giving the students a short test on it. But then as the lecture goes, you can adjust the types of uh, tasks you're given from the easiest, just uh, one correct answer in the test to the most complicated ones like creating something new as presentation or poster or something like that so this thing should be considered as well in sequencing just how do we follow the path of the easiest uh, type of learning to the hardest part of it and again with post-assessment post-assessment and participatory learning could be together sometimes and yes well what else in summary 
in summary, the application of uh, sequencing will be just how do we create this future path for students? How are they going to uh, combine their knowledge from this lesson to the next classes? So I'm going to pass it to Jill and uh, just evaluate an area that you would like to go next in the topic of sequencing and scaffolding. And just share with us where are your shortcomings. Yeah. Um, well, that was a great uh, uh, analysis of BOPS with sequencing. Um, I know I can definitely um, relate with the pre-assessment and the participatory learning and the post-assessment. I felt the most connection regarding this topic to BOPS. But um, regarding the evaluation in terms of where I want to go next with this topic, I think it's still continuing recognizing um, the critical assessment of the sequencing, understanding how are students really dealing or how they're really engaging with this topic and is my sequencing actually working? Um, there is a topic in this class um, titled Power and Privilege, which um, I think is something that's really important for me to understand in terms of my own privilege um, as a teacher and um, as a white woman, I think it's something that in terms of my lessons, it's something that I really need to consider. Um, and I think it really, from learning that topic and learning this topic and talking about that critical reflection aspect, I think it's something that I need to um, really look at in terms of my lessons. Do my students, are they being engaged in the sequencing? Are they really stepping up on, on those stairs? So I think just... Um, really taking the time to um, reflect on my lessons and under and just figure out is if everything's working right. I think that's going to be my sh um, where I want to move next with this topic, really engaging that that topic of power and privilege and, and the sequencing and really trying to mold it together. And um, I feel like that's going to be a short. Well, I hope hopefully it's not a shortcoming, but I feel like that's going to be um, in the beginning. It's going to be a definitely a, a tough road to go through for myself just you know trying to get the students to bring feedback because I know myself as an under when I was an undergrad student um doing all the feedback was kind of like eh, like I don't really want to do it so I think that's going to be a shortcoming is trying to figure out like how I can get the best feedback from my students um in order to make the lesson better if that makes sense yeah yeah it does thank you for your insight Jill it was uh, really valuable Thanks. And, and yeah, yeah, for me, I was going to ask yeah. you, yeah, what do you, where would you like to go with this topic? <laughs> I don't know. You just uh, mentioned so many things that I can relate to. I just wanted to tell that uh, in my case, it would be more about practice, practice and practice more and reflect on that because uh, with just theory, nobody can really grow so uh, hopefully, I will practice all this uh, uh, all this knowledge that we just gained in uh, different activities with my students when I will become a teaching assistant and uh, then a teacher, probably. And for me, uh, also, the challenge would, would be to invent more types of participatory learning and how to combine them in a logical way. 
in sequencing the lesson and also how to combine uh, this uh, just talking sessions like the usual lecture with some interactive activities. Yeah, I agree. So, yes, that practice that's going to be important. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it does. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts or comments at all? Uh, I just uh, wanted to uh, mention how, yeah, to relate what did you say about our privilege of being a teacher. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to highlight how important this uh, job is. And basically because we are the ones who probably create a worldview of our students. That's why we should be very careful about the thoughts and the ideas that we deliver to them. So, yes, any key takeaways that you, uh, Jill, can share? I think the key takeaway for me is understand where your students are at, um, know where they're going, and um, I think just um, engaging, making sure that they're engaged in the lesson, um, getting them involved, and as well as just understanding where everyone's at in terms of that power and privilege spectrum. I think those were kind of the main takeaways that I got out of it. And another big, simple takeaway for me was just break it down. Just keep break, breaking the outcomes down. You know, no matter, um, no matter how simple that you think it is, just break it down because that's going to be I think the smaller the steps for students, the easier it is for them to get to that mastery level. Um, so yeah, those are kind of my key takeaways from this lesson, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, and I can really relate to what you uh, told, because as teachers, we are already aware of our topic and of thousands of other topics and uh, more in depth. So sometimes we, uh, don't really think about how hard it will be for a student to consume all this knowledge at once. So the smaller the better. And I guess we should wrap up it here. So mm -hmm. thank you all for listening and check out our other intro to the university teaching episodes at the link below.